So I'm not going back and forth with a man who thinks that they should be in my position. If you want to be in my position, get in my position. Do you believe that? Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Anthony Sane Show. We are here live at the Bluff City Media Studios. My man, Kenny Stubblefield, out of glass. Kenny, what it do? My guy, what's going on with you, man? Good, brother. Got my man, Paris Sharky, in the back as well. Paris Sharky, what's up with you, bro? What's good, man? man. All good over here. Trying to make it, man. Trying to make it for sure, man. Today's going to be a great day. Special guest by by many, many requests, man. Doc Holliday is going to be in the building. My man, Doc Holliday from WMC Channel 5. Uh, they don't, uh, the, the Channel 5 part is wrong. That's why you know you black and from Memphis when you call them Channel 5. <laughs> but WMC <laughs> Channel 5 is going to be here. Man, super excited about this. I've been talking to Doc about this for a while. Wanted to get him on after Tiger football season when, was, was over because there were certain questions I want to talk to him about. He's going to be on the show today. A um, lot of things going on uh, as far as in the world of sports. Here locally, of course, Memphis Grizzlies had a loss last night in the FedEx Forum. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm down in the dumps right now. I haven't felt... This emotionally down about the team in a while, man. We're going to talk about that for sure. Going to have Doc on. We're going to talk about a lot of things going on outside of the world of sports as well, including uh, Cat Williams, who uh, just, yeah, <laughs> just kind of got his shit off. Got his shit off for sure. Two and a half hours. Yeah, well, I'll tell you now, that's what we'll talk about for Inside the Same Brain. And we'll talk about some other people who uh, got their shit off. Who, it's, crazy, it's crazy when Cat Williams – is out here running his mouth, and he's not the one looking like the biggest fool when it comes down to people running their mouths uh, on somebody's show. It's a guest on somebody's show. You ain't lying. We'll talk about that today and more. Uh, but since the last time we talked, Kenny and Parrish, uh, but since the last time we talked, uh, Memphis Grizzlies played two games, uh, Kenny Stoverfield and Parrish. Uh, they played against the San Antonio Spurs, got that win. Uh, ja dunked on Victor Wimbignano. And just in case you guys are wondering whether Ja actually dunked on him or not, yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> Wimby was the defender on the play. He was guarding him on the perimeter. Ja got past him. Wimby recovered, attempted to to defend the dunk, got his ass dunked on. He didn't jump over him or anything like that, of course. And it wasn't a high-contact dunk. But he actually laid a hand on Ja Morant while he was dunking, so... You know, break it down how you want to. But Ja did get that dunk on uh, Victor Wimignana. Ja acted like it wasn't a big deal and like he wasn't looking for that dunk, wasn't hunting that dunk. I call big cap on that for sure. I think that that was a goal of Ja was to dunk on uh, Victor Wimignana, and he got it in. The Grizzlies got a win. Wasn't the prettiest of wins, uh, but they got a must-needed dub. And I pulled out my uh, my formula, Kenny Stubberfield, too. <laughs> I've been doing this three out of five games yeah, formula yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, the first five games set since John Morant was back, the Grizzlies won four out of those five games. They went four and one. Um, they were 0-2 uh, in this particular set. And then they won the game against San Antonio, which brought you to 1-2. and two. I said, if you get this Raptors game, you're at 2-2. Two two. Lakers game could go either way. Even if you lose it, you're at 2-3. and three. You're still on pace. It's sixty percent. Three out of five is is sixty percent winning, right? So I was like, you you get this Raptors game, you're good, and you lose the Raptors game. Man, this is the first game since John Moran has been back that I've really been frustrated or highly disappointed about because every other game you had, you lost to a Clippers team who's playing well, Denver, the best team in the league, uh, one of the best teams, returning champions, best one of the best teams in the league, lose to the Sacramento team, high powered offense, playing very well right now. Uh, one of the top teams in the West. But this game of the night, last night, was totally unexcusable for the Grizzlies to lose that game against uh, Taylor Jenkins, former assistant coach, 
who a lot of people say is, is a big reason why the Grizzlies have been good over the past few years. He moves on. His team wins. A team with new guys that you're you're funneling in. Um, Emmanuel Quigley, uh, R.J. Barrett, two new players in that team. A lot of the guys don't even know whether where they're, they're going to be on that team or not in the next you know four to six weeks uh, before the trade deadline. And it's just an embarrassing loss, man. It was a disheartening loss, a deflating loss to lose to that team. Uh, we talked about this off the air, how Jaron Jackson Jr. Is, is in a funk right now. And like you said, Kenny, I'm, I'm a big Jaron Jackson Jr. fan. I'm a big proponent of his game. I support everything he does. I see the potential in this game. He has to find a way to stay engaged and just to get out of these mental funks that he gets in, where, you look, where he just looks like he's yep. just not locked in. That's or, exactly what it is. Or, he's, or he gets these type of setbacks. And I also think that it's the job of of John Morant, of Desmond Bain, and also Coach Jenkins to get him more involved in what's going on. Um, that's been one of my major frustrations with Taylor Jenkins. And I had this conversation with people on Twitter last night, is that this team, regardless of who's missing, regardless of what the roster construction is, all these type of things, you've got three all-star level players on this team. And there's there should not be a situation where you're playing against a team like Toronto and you lose that game. Right. I don't I don't care what's going on, man. Like you give you give Phoenix uh, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant healthy with whoever, and you and tell me that you you think that team's not supposed to be good. Right. Like no, man, your stick is supposed to be great, and you got three young talented players on this team. You should be figuring out ways to win against the Torontos of the world when you're playing at home. And you have things to play for. And I've been very optimistic about things the entire season. Um, and I've also been optimistic since Ja came back as far as this team making a, a nice run in the second half of the season and getting into the play-in. And now I'm at the point, man, where I'm like, I don't even know if it's even worth yeah. putting forth the effort to even right. do that type of stuff. Because it's like when you lose a game like you did last night, it's such a nasty, unacceptable loss to lose. And you were down by 20-something points to this team. That final score is not an indication of what that game actually yeah. looked like. So that's that's what I'm upset about as far as last night is concerned. And if you if you're keeping up with the uh, the three game the, the five game set thing, like I said, they were four and one the first one. Right now they are one and three with one game left against the Lakers. Worst you can go is two and three. Uh, best you can go is two and three. You beat the Lakers and you're still at sixty <laughs> percent. If you want to be optimistic about anything, you get you win that Lakers game. You're still. Um, winning 60% of your games, which would put you at 41 and 41 if you win 60% of your games from Josh's first game back to the end of the season. So what was it last night that changed? Because one of the – I mean, it's clearly your your response to this loss has mm -hmm. changed. According – with the Clippers lost, then they played San Antonio, right? Was it – or was it – Sacramento. Sacramento loss. Then, then it was um, – then they beat San Antonio. San Antonio, San Antonio. Win, lost to Toronto. I mean, even just you, you can't afford bad losses, man. If you're trying to if you're trying to do something which is super highly unlikely, like to get into the playing and end up getting into the playoffs, then you have to question whether that's even worth it or not. You know what I mean? Right. But if you're trying to do something like this, you can't screw around and lose this badly to a Toronto team who's in flux as well at home. Like this, these are the type of games you got to pick up. You can't lose these type of games. And it makes you question everything. And I've had all these debates about Coach Jenkins. And let me let me clarify this once again. I'm not hunting for Taylor Jenkins' job. He, do I think he's the coach of the future? Probably not. I, I don't think much is going to change about him as a coach going forward. Um, that's going to make me think that he's the guy who needs to lead this team going forward. There's a lot of factors why I believe that, that that's not the case. In the middle of the season, firing him, 
no point at all because you're basically going to be doing the same thing. Um, I think a key element with him is having this this team's trust and not losing the team. Mm. It's starting to look kind of team loses to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing. It's the only thing I'm starting to get concerned about. What did really. you? What have you seen that makes you think that? Um, just like, like I said, man, when you got Ja Jaron Bain, and you're not figuring out ways for those three guys to work off each other, right, and to play off each other to the point where you can beat any any of these teams like this, like a Toronto. It's something – it's just not right, man. You know what I mean? And it's like everything's super sporadic. Like yeah. you – it's like it's like our fans just get this weird amnesia about things, man. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Xavier Tillman started the majority of the season last year together. Right, right. And they were fine. Yeah. That team won 50-something percent of their games Second together. in the West. That team – that – not like – and let me clear that up too, what you're saying. Not only were they second in the West and they stayed second in the West – the winning percentage that they had after Steven Adams, after Brandon Clark, would still be second in the West. Right. With with Xavier Tillman and and ja, and Jaron Jackson Jr. starting at your front court. The winning percentage that those two had together would have been second in the West too. Right. We saw this. Like we saw Xavier Tillman play playoff games. I'm not trying to act like he's in the kind of great center, but we've seen him come in. Play better minutes than Biz. We've seen Biz McBiombo and I give you nothing. We see Taylor Jenkins taking uh, Biz McBiombo out at halftime, going with Xavier Tillman. And the next game, he don't play at all. The next game, Tillman ain't playing at all. And then now you're starting Xavier Tillman. Like, it's so, it's so strange. Bro. And as well as last night in this Toronto game, mm-hmm. Biz didn't play a single minute. Oh, y'all want to hear his reasoning? What was his yeah, reasoning? Yeah, you were in the locker room. What did he say? Second half, of the back to, it was back-to-back. Shut up. Wanted to give him some rest. So here's my problem. Here's here's my big thing, so Anthony, and, I, and I'll I'll see what your thoughts are right. on this. Brevin talked about this in his interview that he did with you, where mm-hmm. he talked about as a as a guy who was not the guy on any team he ever played on. Mm-hmm. As a professional, the biggest thing that he always enjoyed and thought that his best coaches would do mm-hmm. is be upfront and honest about his role and where he's going to be and what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He said it explicitly. He said, I'm not saying that that's not happening here, but I think I'm, I, based on what I'm seeing every single game and the, the, just the ebbs and flows of the mm-hmm. rotation, I'll say it. I don't think it's happening here. Yeah. I don't think you go from one game not playing to the next game starting to yeah. the next game not playing as with as many players as, as as that is happening to, there seems to be very little consistency, and that's yeah. that to me, especially in an NBA coach, is like feels very um, frantic. Yeah, does and that it, make sense? And it's, and it's frankly to the point where it doesn't even seem natural. Like it doesn't even it's seem not like, natural. It doesn't even seem like this is his actual thought process. And like I've said this for a while too. I don't know what the rhyme and reason or the thought process behind this would be. But it almost feels like he's battling against some initiative from the front office. I, I don't know what, like he's battling against some directive from them. I don't know if that even makes any sense either. But it's like either you're really bad at what you're doing or you're battling against something you're being told to do. Which is worse because here's what I think it is. I don't think he has a plan. It's at strange, this point, man. I don't think he has a plan. It's strange. And so what's worse to you, not having a plan or battling against a directive from the front office? I don't know. I don't, I don't like I, I can't get I can't put a finger on what some of the stuff that I'm seeing out there is and I get shout out to the people who are like defending him and I, I get that 
Because, like I said, I don't want to see the man lose his job. I'm definitely not. I don't, I, and, ain't nobody, ain't nobody and, saying that. And from a fan point of view, well, I don't want to. I don't want to see no him fan. do that in well, the middle of the season. Well, we're not saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that in the middle of the season. Like I don't. That, no. But um, I think it's. I think it's decision making time. Um, and some of those decisions are going to be made for you in the coming weeks. You know, right. just looking at the schedule as far as what you do going forward. Um, I'll, I'll reiterate this again. We would all love to see the Grizz wake up in the morning and see what the Grizzlies made to this blockbuster trade in the middle of the season. Um, it's going to be hard to, for that type of stuff to happen. Yeah, uh, Teams are not in a rush to um, make a deal with us based on what we have. We based, are, on, based on the assets we have. Yeah, based on the assets we have, no team is going to be, you know, running to the phone to go get um, – because they know what we have to offer. And know I, many people say, well, maybe they're playing this guy to showcase him. We ain't fooling nobody. Nah, bro, ain't nobody <laughs> we ain't, ain't fooling fool. nobody, man. People nah. know – People know who these dudes are, man, and, and these deals aren't for what they're seeing on the court. It's going to be either for the draft picks, which is the number one uh, value that the Grizzlies are offering, and whatever potential teams might see in a Zaire Williams and a Jake Laravia, David Roddy uh, type guy uh, for sure. And it's like you said, it's like you said last week, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of episodes, couple ago, days ago, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. You don't teams aren't going to make high value decisions based off draft picks in January. Right, they're not. They're, they're going to wait until they see what. How these draft picks are gonna or what they think you're gonna be what they're gonna be and yeah. and I, and like I said uh, and whatever the Grizzlies do I get the big man stuff I get we need a big we need a big but I'm me personally Anthony saying I'm I'm thinking beyond the 2023-24 season any move they make needs to affect next year right. more than it does this year because mm-hmm. like I said the best case scenario for this season it's a play as far in. as success is you making the play in yeah in the play in man you lose a couple games you're out of you're out. You know and what so I mean? You've, done, <laughs> you've, you've given up all this stuff just right. to play two games and be right. Out. And, and so I don't want to. I don't want to be that knee jerk with the reactions. I want to make a decision that makes sense from now and and going up forward. And if you're going to go get uh, Clint Capella or uh, you know whoever you're talking about bringing in as a big from whatever team, whoever you think that guy's okay, he's a starter. Let's get him in here. I don't want to do that and still have $40 million tied up in Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you're going to make a deal like that, let's get rid of a Steven Adams uh, to a team. Does it have to be both? Can it be an and or? Or does it have to be? No, I'm saying I don't want to see both of them. I don't want to see new starting center who's making 15 to $20 million. Plus, plus uh, uh, Brandon Clark who's making 12 13 right. plus uh, Steven, Steven Adams. Adams is making 15 yeah, I don't want to see all that go. money tied up in center. Do you think one has to go or both have to go? We just won. I want. I want. I want to see Clark still be here. I do too. For nostalgia's yeah. sake, I want to see the big three. The big three to play. My my uh, only year working in full time media. Well, no, because I did radio. But my working in journalism full time was um, was was Jaw's first rookie year. Yeah, and it was Jaw, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr. All went to the All Star game, and I went to the All Star game my first year, and it was crazy, right? And it was yeah, magical, bro. Seeing three. Young Grizzly players in the All Star Weekend. Yeah, and um, I want that's a core that I want to see. I, w- I want to see Brandon. I want to see Brandon Clark be that that other guy, the fourth guy in, in our young rotation. Not that he's like the core four, but I want him to be the sixth man. Yeah, I want him to be our yeah. Draymond in the equation. Hell I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that Draymond. I don't know. Y'all, y'all get what I'm trying to say. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I want him to be like you got your big three that are your star players. Yeah. Then you got this role player that's like the. 
the uh, if you look at your boy bands, he's like the the last member of the boy. You know what I mean? He, he's the bass line. He's the bass line. I want him to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, to be the, the the bass singer dude. The bass singer dude. In the, yeah. yeah, that's that's why I want Brandon Clark. He to has be that swag for. to the yeah. whole thing. Yep. Right. So that's why I want him to be in the equation. I want to see him be here, you know, for a long time. Um, but yeah, like I said, if they make a move, let's make a move that makes sense now and yeah. makes sense in in the future. Completely agree. And but I will say this though, um, there's been a lot of negativity towards Marcus Smart. Um, I've defended Marcus Smart because in the, the day, you, I, I try not to make opinions that come off like I've only watched Grizzly games and I just started watching basketball this year. You know what I mean? <laughs> Marcus Smart has played for a long time, man, before he got here. Right. So I'm going to defend, like, giving Marcus Smart time. Plus the things you have to keep in mind, Marcus Smart did not have a tra training camp, did not participate in camp because of an injury he had then. He played about nine or ten games mm -hmm. and he got hurt again. Uh, with the foot thing, the foot ankle thing, right? Now he got the hand thing. Then he comes back, and I think it's the hand that he's shooting with, right? That hand thing is nasty, yeah. bro. Like, he's jacked his hand up, bro. Did you see that clip of them pulling that thing out? Of oh, yeah. no. I uh, purposely did not. Oh. But um, no. what I'm trying to say is you have to allow some level of patience. Like, this isn't a video game. Like, you can't go into settings and say, okay, turn the injuries off, and now Marcus Smart's ready to go. Right. Like, he still hasn't gotten acclimated in what we do here. And we've seen when he has shown glimpses of being incredible here. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think you got to be patient with him. But with that being said, like I've said this entire season, if there's a trade for Marcus Smart, you take that trade for Marcus Smart. Mm. And I just put that out there. Um, Let me ask you one last question. Yeah. Um, you were on this whole. And I'm going to tell you something else I didn't change my mind on, too. What's that? I would get Luke Canard's ass about here, too. Really? Yeah. But that would be for a wing. For a wing, for like, somebody. I, don't, I, yeah. don't, I would feel, and I know I'm just throwing out a hypothetical name. This ain't based on no intel. If if I trade Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard, right, or I do something like that, or one of those two with whatever picks or whatever, with young player picks, or whatever, yeah. I'd much rather go get a Mikael Bridges. Yes. Who I know won't be, a, won't be on my roster next year any other way. Like a starting wing to go be on my starting small forward that could be on my team from here for the next six, seven years, that won't be here next year, right? But if I trade those guys for a big, I've got Steven Adams. At, at, at worst, I've got Steven Adams next year, mm -hmm. no matter what I got going on. There's nothing comparable on this team to a starting small forward as far as a Mikael Bridges type player could be going forward. So my thing is, if you if you can show up that wing position, I don't care if, like I said, you can be Jacob Gillard. I just start as far as I'm concerned. Right. As far as the center position is concerned, I'm much much more concerned with solidifying that small forward position and coming back with Stephen Adams than I would be, you know, worried about anything else. Now, if I can knock out both, if I can trade Stephen Adams, get my starting big, Stephen Adams and Picks get my starting big, and I can turn around and trade Marcus Smart, Kennard, whatever combination, whatever to get a starting small forward too. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I would love to do. Because I think this team needs to do a lot. I think they do need to do a lot to overhaul our roster. Because anytime you're like arguing Vince Williams versus Marcus Smart, you know you, your roster is not that good. <laughs> or, <laughs> or if you're arguing about signing Derrick Rose. Right. Because, yeah, exactly. Which is another time. I ain't going to touch that because it's just a that, ridiculous yeah. conversation. But um, Vince Williams, like I said, is, is a good player. But we're seriously talking about, like, you know, who Vince Williams, who's, who's, who might score, might score three points, right? Might score none, and like Vince Williams, one for seven, and Marcus Smart, one for seven. They really the same thing. Like, really, people really acting like like Marcus Smart has really been like getting buckets out here. Like he's 
He's been missing a lot of shots too. He's he's uh, he's he's a he's a good player, man. Like he's a good rotation player. But I don't want my starting wing to be the level of player that Vince Williams is. Like I want my starting wing to be someone that's a little bit more um, has a little bit more acumen than than uh, than uh, Vince Williams does for sure. But that's just kind of where we are, man. This, this roster is void of a lot of talent. Uh, but I feel like I've been talking for too long. I feel like I've been talking for a long time to set up the show. Uh, Doc Holliday is in the building, like I said. Excited to have him on, man. A guy that I truly admire as a professional in this in this industry, man. A guy who, at one time, Kenny, I was fine just going to my regular nine to five and watching Doc Holliday do his thing. Uh, really inspired me to get back in the game for sure. That, this, that's a that's a big compliment to a guy like Doc, man. Yeah, that's man. Great. He's uh, an incredible dude. Uh, guy, know I could pick up the phone at any time. And just get real life conversations with him about anything, family, relationships, anything. I can talk to Doc about it for sure. Um, business, whatever. And um, yeah, man, we'll take a break. He's gonna come back. People been asking me about it, been DMing me, calling me, texting me, man, when you gonna get Doc Holiday on? Y'all straight? Like, yeah, man, we good. Doc a busy man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, we're about to make that happen, man. Here on the Edge and the Saints show. We'll see you guys in a minute. Is this the best University of Memphis yes. basketball team in 15 years? Oh. You thought I was going Penny, I, Penny Hardaway uh, I would say yes. I would say yes, too. And definitely in the Penny Hardaway. I thought you were going mm, Penny Hardaway. I don't know, out. man. I don't know. I mean, this is That Will Barton Four Kings team? That's kind of tough, though, Ooh. because I, I don't know, because I, I wonder about the upside of this particular team when we get to a tournament situation. Yeah. It's I think a, that's a wait and see. That's an incomplete. I think so. I, I that's agree. an yeah, incomplete. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But, but I'm, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning yes based on the way they have managed us yeah. out of conference schedule because this is nuts. The fact that we're debating that that's what I was that say. sort of shows right. what, where this team what is the at. ceiling of yeah. this team could potentially yeah. be and it's exciting as hell. Don't yeah. like don't hide your excitement. If you're a Memphis fan out there, don't hide your excitement. The fact that you can even have an argument or debate on if this is the best team in the last 15 years shows you all you need to know about what this team is. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Uh, what a huge week from the, can we call them the Three Kings? Can we replace uh, the old Three Kings with the new Three Kings? Well, they were Four Kings, though. Yeah, but these three are better than the four. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. The three being David Jones, Javon Quinterly, and Caleb, Caleb Mills. Mills. Through these last two games on the road, both in Rockus Arenas, they've combined, do you know how many points they've combined for? I don't remember the number you actually talked about. I know, I told before. you. Very I, seeing how I don't remember the number. I do remember it being staggering. Timothy's uh, memory was 126 combined points in the last two matchups. That's yeah, 63 a ball game between the three of those fellas. Uh, David Jones leading the way. He was American Conference Player of the Week, averaging 26, seven and a half rebounds and three steals in two road games. Hmm. Dropped 23 on VCU with eight boards and then dropped 29 yesterday in College Station keep that up we're gonna be tough well, to beat. yeah i mean what are we talking about tune in to tigers untapped with tj willis and trey lasley every wednesday at 3 p.m on the bluff city media youtube channel
All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. As I told y'all at the beginning of the show, very special guest, one of my true heroes in local media, man. I got really looked up to for a long time. You got something called silent mentors. People, you just kind of watch them from afar and just like, I want to be like that dude. I was blessed to be, actually be in contact with this brother. I can call him. I can text him. We have some of the best conversations. I, I can I can eat off this brother's life, his, his career, all these things. A true legend in the city of Memphis. Doc Holiday is in the building. Doc, what's going on, my brother? What's up, man? Good I'm to praising you, man. to the most high, man. man Appreciate for it. Sure, to be for here. Sure, for sure, for sure. Doc's one of those brothers who I tell Kenny's all the time, like, you know how people say, like, what would Jesus do, right? <laughs> like, I say, what would Doc do? Like, what would Doc say? <laughs> like, certain stuff I be wanting to say, like, no, nah, I think Doc might get on my ass about this. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that alone, man. You and a couple other people are people that I definitely call my mentors, who I know will pull me to the side when I'm on my bullshit. So uh, I, I haven't heard, maybe he hasn't seen the last episode, Kenny, about uh, my boy. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, Hansel Emmanuel. Hansel I, don't know Emmanuel. I don't think he's seen the episode yet. Doc, no, no, I haven't seen. Nah. That. <laughs> Put him in check a little bit, Doc. I haven't seen. I ain't gonna even ask you what you. We ain't even gonna get to all okay. that, man. All we gonna right. get to all it, right. with my boy, Doc. <laughs> Doc, first off, uh, as, as everyone knows, you're known in this city for covering sports uh, for many years, uh, as far as being on the news and things like that. Um, as well as your social media posts, which they go viral all the time. I cheerlead every single one of them. I get excited. I live vicariously through Doc Holiday, seeing him battle everybody, you know what I mean, on social media or whatever. Um, but something that you always do in your, in your commentary, even on the news and even the stuff you do on social media, you always side with what's right, you know what I mean, what's right and what's fair. Why are those two things so important to you in the way you go about doing your, doing your thing? Because the thing about it, man, we have a, a duty and an obligation when mm -hmm. we're given this life from the Creator, the Most High, as mm -hmm. we live according to His righteousness. So I study. You know, it's a lot of people don't know about me. They think I'm just a sports guy. No, yeah. man, about 20, 20 some years ago, I just started reading and researching who I am, how the world is set up. Then, you know, I done read through the Bible seriously probably about 50 times in the last mm -hmm. five years, man. I got uh, stacks of notes. So my whole thing, man, I wake up every day and ask the most high, okay, how can I serve you today? Mm -hmm. Because in, in Ecclesiastes, he's tell you the only, here's the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep my commandments. Right. So my whole thing, my righteousness may not be what you done learned, but you got to look it up. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing, that's why it's just so important to me because every night I'm, I sit back and I ask the question, okay, Father, did I make you proud today? Am I a great representation mm -hmm. of what you want your son and your servant to be, and he wants he want us to be warriors according to the word. He wants us to be unapologetic. I, you'll never see me down talk who I am or who he is mm -hmm. for somebody else, man. So that's why it's so important to me because he gave us the commandments and he gave us the stipulations and he gave us the blueprint on how we're supposed to live in order to serve him. So that's what I do, and that's why it's so yeah. important to me because I'm scared of him, bro. <laughs> right. right, I got you, but it's, it's the same way I'm afraid of Doc. Is <laughs> he's afraid of the both sides, yeah, and man. I get it. It's it's a uh, uh, it's a respectful fear, though. Like I, like, I joke a lot about me being afraid of Doc, but I, it's you've laid the blueprint for so many people, man, and you walk in a righteous path, so you have to respect the way you go about doing things. Whether you agree or not, I have, everybody has to respect what you do. Um, to piggyback off of that, you're unapologetically black. Uh -huh. You're unapologetically Memphis. You yeah. love the M. No doubt. And you're unapologetic about your faith, like you just said. How are you able to stand on these things regardless of what people have to say? Because it's, I'm, I'm trying to learn from you even yeah. in this interview because I because you will go about things and you truly don't care about what people have to say. No. So how do you how are you able to stand on those things without – because you get some real attacks from people all the time. Yeah, so. but, I mean, people are going to attack you anyway, man. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime – bro, if – 
If you just walk past a, a, a hornet's nest and don't mess mm-hmm. with it, it ain't going to bother you, bro. Right. But if you disturb what they doing, yeah, disturb their comfort, mm-hmm. they going to try to come sting you. Right, right. That means I must be really touching you. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is that I only fear the creator, man. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't even know what else to say to people. I only fear God. That's yeah. it. Because I know the scriptures tell me, and the Most High done told me himself in visions and in dreams, he kills, he makes alive, he gives you wealth, he fires you, he does yeah. it all. Yeah. So what am I be afraid of somebody out here for? Yeah. Because you don't have to agree with everything I say. I don't expect you to agree with everything right. I say. But my whole thing is that I'm going to point it out, just like if somebody, if I'm doing something, pull my coattail dog. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, open rebuke is better than secret love. Right. So, so that's why I stand on that. So, of course, they're going to attack, but at the same time with their attacking, I know that's gonna come. You got to be used to that. Yeah, that's gonna. You know, look, man, Eliza ran from 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 uh, King Ahab for a long time, bro. Mm-hmm. He could have got him, but at one time, mm-hmm. when it was time, Elijah be like, "No, no, no, Obadiah, go get Ahab. Tell him I'm here. I'm here. I'm here rocking with him. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready to face him. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's my whole thing, man. I don't be worried about all that. It'd be funny to me, man. Yeah. Like that's all y'all can do is, is call his name, call yeah. because you're doing it behind a computer or a keypad or a phone. Mm-hmm. Now when you see me in my face. Let's, have that, let's right. have that conversation <laughs> right. in. Uh-huh. Because I know a lot of y'all that say that stuff, I see y'all, but y'all be like, what up, Doc? Showing love. Right. Come on, man. So I, I'm only I'm only afraid of the creator, dog. Yeah. I'm a warrior, bro. I always have been and I always yeah. will be. You um when I when I was let go at the radio station I was at before I started doing this, I remember you came on as a guest one time. You talked about your particular story of how you were mishandled or somebody didn't understand your true value, where mm-hmm. you were. And I just sat back from afar watching you. Doing your independent thing, doing the Doc Holiday show on YouTube, and doing your your your, your uh, videos on Twitter and things like that. And I was like, man, Doc really makes me want to get back out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I see Doc doing this the way he wants to do it. He's got the TV style presentation. It's looking good, he, but is he doing it his way? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and when I got back out here, I said I was not going to do it unless I could do it my way, my name, stand on my name, do things where I want to do yeah. it. And I'm grateful where I'm at now with Bluff City Media. I know you moved on to to WMC Five. And it's just it's it's the way it's supposed to be, and I think that's part partly because of well, mainly because of, of like you said, your faith or you're where you're supposed to be now. How do you deal with like <clears throat> not want to have a I told you so or coming back just coming at the people who didn't value you, didn't really see who you were? Oh no, because I I'm not mad at him, man. You yeah. know, everything happens for, for a, a reason, reason man. Yeah. The most high push you places. For an experience to get some knowledge, then he moves you on mm-hmm. somewhere else. Sometimes you gotta force us and kick us out because yeah. we get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know, the radio station didn't let you go. Yeah. The most high was ready for you to Could do something on. else, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. Because he the one, he's the one that uh, said, I'm the one that's gonna hire you and fire you. I'm right. just using people down on earth to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I all it ain't a I told you so. It was just like when I cause I asked, I said, Okay, God, <clears throat> if you want me to if you want me to leave, let uh Reveal it to me. Mm-hmm. He revealed mm-hmm. it to me, so I bounced. I ain't had no job set up. Right. You know, but he had told me, you know, it's he provides, bro. And that's, even I got a wife, I got children, he's always provided for me. Even right. when I was self-sabotaging, he had he had a plan for me. He mm-hmm. got a plan for everybody. And I, t- I tell Cass, man, you can sit up and say, I don't care what your belief is. You can sit up and say your life belongs, okay, it's my life, I can do what I want to. Yeah. And the first question I asked him, I said, well, make me a strand of hair then. Make okay. it. If it's your life, right. <laughs> make me a body from zero. Better yet, bring it back some of that hair you lost. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> right. Make me a body. Make, uh-huh. me a, make me a sperm cell and an egg cell and bring together and make this. Mm-hmm. If, if it's your life. 
Because we don't belong to ourselves, man. Yeah. And I, I belong to the creator, so I know I'm going to have to do according to his will. And right. I used to be depressed, but when I came to the realization, like, what I'm, what I'm depressed for, man? You know, I, I, we're here to serve his purpose, regardless mm -hmm. of what you believe. So that's what I believe, man. So that's how I roll. I'm like, okay, it's time for me to move from this station. I know you got something else for me. And he did. Yeah. He had several yeah. something else. And if I wouldn't have decided to leave there when I decided to leave... I wouldn't have been available for the, uh, the the job I got now yeah. because it would have had a non-compete. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But when I told him I was going to trust this process, man, years ago, I said, I'm going to take my ego out of all my decisions, God. I'm just going to trust your mm -hmm. process. If something happens that I don't like and make me uncomfortable, I know it's coming from you, so I'm going to. Man, ever since I did that, yeah. like, life just, everything just opened up. It's just seeing you, when like the timing of it, man, like Jarvis Greer, another legend. You yeah. see him step down. Legendary. And to see you come in behind him, I was like, man, that's God's that's to God's time, that's God's hand. Like for real though, for sure. I, I, I would have I could have never orchestrated them myself. Yeah. If I would have been looking for that, it wouldn't have counted. Nah. But nah. but see, the most high brings he brings blessings, man. He brings it because life is not linear. People think mm -hmm. life is linear. Life is non-linear. You think if I do this, I do this, this is gonna happen. No. Yeah. The most high brings it to you crooked sideways sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you'll know it's coming from him. Yeah. It ain't your orchestration and yeah, your blueprint. Man. That's yeah. how it works, man. That's crazy for sure. Hope y'all, hope y'all eating this up, man. Uh, I had people DMing me, texting me, saying, When you gonna get Daco? When you gonna get Daco? I got my boy on. Hope y'all getting this free stuff, man. Eat, eat off this man when he's teaching y'all today, for sure. About the process, man. How everything is not linear. Great, great no. stuff, as I expected from my guy Doc. So, Doc, tell me how you, tell me how you got into this anyway. We know that you played, you know, football for University of Memphis, yeah. Memphis State at the time. Mm -hmm. You did a stint in the NFL, things like that. How did that lead you to being behind the camera on the other side of the camera in the media side? Well, when I used to get interviewed a lot when I was at Memphis State, you mm -hmm. know, University of Memphis, and you know. Uh, like Jarvis Greer and Dave Walosh and guys like that. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they was like, man, you know what? You probably gonna end up taking our job one day. Won't yeah. you, won't you, what you majoring in? Right. I was like, I'm majoring in business. You know, you know, I just Yeah. I was majoring in business, but I wasn't majoring in going to class. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh then they're like, what you what you need to get into broadcast? I'm like, okay. So I changed my I changed it. So uh how I got into this, when I finished playing, uh did my little time with the with the Rams, then I went to the CFL, came back. Had to get back in school. So I got back in school, walked over to Fox 13 because it's right by the University mm -hmm. of Memphis. And you right. know, back then they had a job board. It wasn't all this right here. You right. had to look on the paper. That's <laughs> right. all, oh, okay, production assistant. So I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm applying for the production assistant. Dude named John Koski, who used to be a sports reporter, he was a GM. Mm -hmm. And when I said he just so happened to be walking through that at that time. It wasn't wow. just so happened. That's how yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. He was like, Doc, what you doing out here? I'm like, man, I'm applying for this production assistant job. Seven dollars an hour, dog. Twenty hours a week. Mm -hmm. I'm broke as heck. I didn't came back from playing ball. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no car. I have to catch the bus <clears> from Whitehaven to Memphis. Take care of my kids. Uh, but I took it. So that's what happened, man. And and I knew I wanted to be a sports director at a TV station in my hometown <laughs> one day. So I just, you know, I, that was always a focus, and that was always a seed that was planted in me. So even when I lost jobs, made mistakes, man, I just kept getting up because for mm -hmm. some reason. <clears throat> I knew it was going to eventually take place, so I took a whole bunch of different jobs, man, mm -hmm. doing that, and and I didn't work behind the scenes doing a lot. So now, you know, me being where I am, I know to stay humble, man, yeah. because I ain't here because of me. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. I just I just remember like covering Grizzly games and seeing you there, covering Tiger basketball games, seeing you there, whatever, and you always had like a confidence in you, like you just understood authority and being able to do what you want to do, and that's something I've always just. Grab, man, from watching you do your thing for sure. Um, 
John Morant has definitely been a tough topic of conversation for you know the last few months or whatever before he came back and now that he's back making news about you know a dance he's doing all these type mm-hmm. of things uh you've had things you've had to say about that of course uh to the naysayers well <laughs> the people who've had actual naysayers not the new naysayers people are talking about but uh, how do you how do you think why do you think people are covering him the way that they are like what i mean is like why do people expect that ever since John's suspension that he has to have this good boy, Boy Scout image where he has to be this new person or apologize or be empathetic about I mean, why are they doing this to him as opposed to other people who have done similar things or just came back from suspensions for whatever reason? Because people want to project their beliefs and their perceptions mm-hmm. and mold somebody to look like they want them to look and act like they right. want them to act, man. That's why, man. But, you know, and the thing about it, if somebody going to dislike you, they're going to dislike you regardless of mm-hmm. what you do, dog. You can sit here and be the nicest dude, you know, singing uh, uh, carols and everything. They mm-hmm. still going to talk about you. So with Ja, I think it's his swagger. I think it's his attitude. I think it's his confidence. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't really like that. So it's almost like they're trying to break him. They're like, man, yeah, he, yeah. you know, he's, he's too hip-hop. Yeah. What's too hip-hop? <laughs> right. That's what they saying without saying it. Right. You know, like same thing they used to say about AI. Mm-hmm. Because it's the influence and the power he has. Yeah, you got to gotta look at Ja, man. He's the most entertaining NBA pl- player in the NBA. Yeah. I ain't saying he's the best. He's, he's the most, most entertaining. entertaining. Yep. So when you have that power and that influence, you want to try to control it. If you can't control it, now you're going to try to tear him down and try to break yeah. him a little bit. Yeah. So it seems like – so that's why they keep saying, have you changed anybody in your circle? And his team was like – no, because they're trying to get in. Right. They're trying to we get wanna in. We want to be your We want to get in yeah. so we uh-huh. can mold you to how we want you to act mm-hmm. and how we want you to move. He's a young, wealthy dude, man, who's – and I tell people, athletes' realities are warped, dog. My yeah. my reality was warped, yeah, and I yeah, wasn't yeah. nowhere near job. You're able to get away with everything you want to get away with. So think about being a superstar with all yeah. that money, bro. Yeah. He he know he don't know what he don't know. Right. So I think with that, that's what it is, man. He, he hasn't allowed people on the outside in. And think of that's really mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be, yep, bro. Yep. The cash you were with when you were broke, eating Raymond noodles or whatever you were doing, man, yeah. going outside, man, hands looking like Ashley Larry <laughs> like mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hooping with somebody that's been with you. Right. Now it's still you you expect them to be more mature, but nah, they're the same age, bro. Right. So I think that's what it is with job, man. And they don't understand. People be like, you be I was like, man, I don't be capping for Ja. I ain't never met yeah. I, didn't, I ain't never had no now conversation with Ja. Without, yeah, yeah. It ain't Ja is younger. I tell people, man, I'm not I be I said, dog, Ja is younger than me. Right. My children are older than Ja. Mm-hmm. What I look like going to Ja, hey man, trying to be his friend. Right, no, right. bro. If anything, I could be your big uncle or somebody. Yeah, yeah. But until you introduce yourself to me, I'm not gonna do it to you because this my city and I'm 50 and I've been here. Go- Mm-hmm. So that's when I be telling people, like, I right. ain't, I just, I pull for the young royal, man. Like, right. I pull for all our young royals. He's just immature. Y'all hating on the man and trying to break him because yeah. y'all trying to get in and they won't let y'all in. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a big part of it, too, is that he's one of those guys who the national media likes guys they can kind of put hands on, mm-hmm. they can mold, and they give them shots out and cooperate with them. Yeah. And he's not doing any no. of that, even locally and nationally. And I think that's one of the parts that, that they're making people really attack him, that they can't make him be what they want him to be. You can't you know be mad I mean? at him, bro, because yeah. I have a I have a defense up. Mm-hmm. I don't trust people easily, man. Mm-hmm. You got to be like that, right. man, because a lot of people don't mean you any good. Right. It's 100% real. I, I agree with that for sure. Uh, looking at the Grizzlies more on the court, a uh, big topic of conversation in the last few weeks has been uh, Taylor Jenkins and his ability to coach the team or whether he's the guy for the future, mm-hmm. things like that. What's your overall opinion on Taylor Jenkins? Is he a guy that you see here being here for the long run? I mean, what's the what's the alternative? You know what I mean? Because <clears throat> when you have 
when you have a superstar like Ja, that's why you never, you why you never hear me mm, talking those, about yeah. people getting fired. Mm -hmm. You know, because my whole thing, bro, I've been fired before, bro. <laughs> That ain't no good feeling, feeling. man. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't want that on anybody, yeah, regardless yeah. of how much money they guaranteed, right. man. So I don't get in because when you project that onto somebody else, guess what happened? That boomerang come back and smack you. you in your face. Mm -hmm. Right. So you never, you never hear me saying that. But with the team, see, when you're dealing with professional players and you're dealing mm -hmm. with a, a superstar like Ja, mm -hmm. okay, you want to have X and X's and O's. But the thing about it, man, you got to have a coach. The players have to respect him to a certain point, but he got to know how to deal with these dudes because NBA mm -hmm. players, they have to want to listen to you. They right. don't have to because they money guaranteed. Right. NFL cats, you can probably be a little bit more ornery with them because yeah. you can cut them. Right. But, they, <laughs> but think about it, bro. A yeah. cat did not uh, already sign, I'm man. 250 million. Yeah. Regardless of what – so I got to choose and listen to you, man. Mm -hmm. So is Taylor Jenkins good at – Managing those relationships with, Carla, with, with cats like Ja and Jared and Desmond. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the organization is looking at. Right. But my whole thing, okay, is, is what the alternative. Man. I, I, I don't, I don't want to forget what they did last year. Mm -hmm. They lost in the second round, but they lost to LeBron them, man. Yeah. I mean, Ja and Jaren and, and De those some young dudes. Them dudes ain't been in the league that long, yeah. bro. Yeah. We expect a lot from them. But they're still very young. They're still very young mm -hmm. and immature and inexperienced, man. And it's, it's a difference. You can put up 25, 27 points a game in the regular season. Well, you know what it is. You got to have that experience when you yeah. get to the, you know, you get to mm -hmm. the postseason. So, right. uh, I think you know, I, I, I think he get a pass right now because of what they did last year, being mm -hmm. second in the West. Uh, of course, you can criticize some 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 personnel and some movements and some game time decisions, but you can do that with everybody, right. man. So that's why you don't ever see me get into yeah. all of that. I, that's why I ask. I really haven't seen you say much at all about. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't be getting into all. If 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 you were uh, Zach Kleiner, uh GM of the Grizzlies. Um, a little bit more than half a season left to go. How would you handle the rest of the season? Would you would you look into like okay, let's do whatever we can to make the best version of this team? We just kind of let it play out. If you were in the GM role, how would you handle this team? I think I, I think if 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 I was the GM of the Grizzlies, I'm looking like okay, we lost our best player for for the first 25 mm -hmm. games of the season. Now I'm having a real honest conversation with myself now. Mm -hmm. I'm like okay, that's that mess that messed up the chemistry. We was already behind. Yeah. Even now we had Cash hurt. You know what I'm saying? They still – Steven Adams gone. I don't think people be forgetting how important dude yeah. is. Yeah. You know, Brandon Clark, I think people forget how important yeah. dude is. Yeah. We ain't got them, so am I looking toward this season or am I looking toward the next season? Mm -hmm. So if I'm the GM, I'm like, okay, I ain't going to publicly say we ain't chasing the championship this year. Right. But in my but hand, I, I know right. we ain't probably going right. to win no championship uh, this year. Right. So do I want to give up young pieces to try to salvage this season – when I was already behind the eight ball because I, my best player had to set up the first 25 games. Mm -hmm. Then he's still getting in shape. Then you had Cass Hurt. You know what I'm saying? You got a whole different dynamic on the team. So that's what I would be doing, man. Now, I know Grizzlies fans, we're used to some kind of success right now. Mm -hmm. So we're like, man, do something, man. Do something. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I ain't mad at them for asking for that. Right. But if I'm a GM, I'm like, okay, this is Memphis. This is this media market. I done paid but D Bang 30 a year. <laughs> right. Ja getting 20-something, 30-something. Jeremy uh -huh. getting 20-something. Yeah. It ain't that much money to be going around, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? So you don't just want to be cutting salary that's guaranteed because you ain't just bringing in with all this TV revenue. Yeah. So that's what I do, man. I understand what this season is and the challenges of this season, and I keep trying to build for next year, for next year and yeah. the year after that. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am too, man. It's something I talked about in the first segment of the show is like, Everything I'm anything they do for the rest of the year, I hope it's a setup for next year yeah. and not and not moves.
panicking about this year because it's like we're in a rush to get to the 10th seed to probably lose in the first round. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to make a smart move uh, either way. Um, Penny Hardaway is doing a tremendous job uh, with the University of Memphis, uh, number 15 in the nation. What do you think the peak outcome could be for that team, like if everything goes well? Man, look at the pieces they have, yeah. bro. If they play together and get it going, man, why can't they go to the Final Four? They yeah. got a dog, bro. Yeah. They got a dog in David Jones. They got yeah. a dog. Yeah. Like they had Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. They got a dog yeah. in David Jones, dog. Mm -hmm. You got a cat. Like people like, okay, man, run my motion, man. Run my offenses, man. If that, I just give it to him, dog. Yeah. Because me and P had a conversation. Yeah. I'm like, P, have you told the cast that this dude this is one A? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got to know that. Yeah. So you look at that, man, then you have, you, you know, you got cast that can knock down the outside shot, which he really hadn't had somebody mm -hmm. that can be able to do that consistently. Mm -hmm. We can say Lester, but Lester was kind of spotty, man. He yeah. was so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got that. You ain't really got the big bodies in the middle, but you got Malcolm. Look, dog, I need you to patrol the paint. I need you to get rebounds. We ain't going to call no offensive plays yeah. for you, and I think he cool with that. Yeah. Now you got Tomlin coming yeah. in who's athletic, who can run the floor. You know, he can do what he does. He got a nice little mid-range. So, uh, because think about how people been complaining about the team this year. Bro, they 11 – we recording this right now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they eleven and two. Yeah, people been complaining. Of, dude is they are eleven and two, dog. Uh -huh. They had a game on that old Miss Penny admitted he he let that slip away. Yeah, mm -hmm. Villanova just rocked him. You know, right. sometimes that happened, dog. Because even if you look at that game, you can you can be like, we know that that team is mm -hmm. not twenty or thirty points better than them. They right. beat them at that. I'm like, they eleven and two, ain't? They? Yeah. Huh? Looking like one of the better teams in the whole country. But 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 P is he he's judged and criticized so harshly, man. And it's just, you know, that's 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 just a part of it, man. That's just yeah. what comes with it. But yeah. that's what I be tripping about. Like, man, they're 11 and 2, man. They straight balling. <laughs> of course they struggle. Sometimes when you play in a game, like when I played at Memphis, though, we played, they call it Louisiana now, Raging Cages. I think it was Southwest Louisiana. Southwest Louisiana. Man, yeah, we played yeah. them back in the day. They hadn't won a game in like two years. Man, we went down there, man. We had ballers. Yeah. Man, we lost. For real? Cause yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah. Man, it was it was in Louisiana. Yeah. It was muggy, man. We were like, man, look at Because I, I remember looking at a defensive end. I was like, man, look at this dude. He can't even move. <laughs> I couldn't even block him, bro, that day. Couldn't, sometimes you had days like you yeah. just can't get it going. Yeah. I don't care what, what happens, and they beat us, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that's 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 you know th th he has a team. I think this is the best, most complete team mm -hmm. because they vets and their experience that he's had since yeah. he's been there. And I know uh, Penn is a guy that you could pick up the phone and you have yeah. your type of relationship with him. What do you think has been his biggest growth as far as coaching over the what is it five years now? Mm -hmm. Like what have you? What are you most excited to see from day one to now with, with Coach? Just Bernardo? just just learning, man. Yeah. Just learning how to coach on this level because it's different, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do things in middle school and high school. Uh, and a lot of times, if you got the best players, they can go mm -hmm. out athletic some cats. You know what so, I'm saying? But Penny always been a student of the game, man, being a point guard. You saw how he used yeah. to run the Magic when he was yeah. doing So doing the same thing in coaching. And I think managing talent and managing – because I think I think over the years, Penny, he had so many – he was getting so many good players, he was trying to make everybody happy. Yeah. So you got to get everybody playing yeah. time. And a lot of times, man, your team don't gel like that because yeah. a lot of times them cats don't work together on the court. Yeah. But you got them. So you got to play them. Right. That's why I always, I always look at teams like, man, if I give me one or two five stars. I don't want the rest. Of, I want like Houston, the Houston, yeah. like Kevin, Kevin Sampson, dog. I don't, he may get one or two five stars. Where it's gonna be just some dudes. Man, them cats, just, yeah. dog. He gets some hungry dudes, <laughs> right. like Bob Huggins used to do, yeah, man. Uh -huh. That's what you need, bro. So yeah. I think that he's learning how to manage those personalities and really not caring about too many feelings. Like I yeah. got to play the yeah. cats who play best together, dog.
Yeah, like the way you – what made me think about that was when you said that he let everybody know David Jones is the dude. Yeah. And, and, and they've all had to get in line with yeah, it. You had, That's oh, something shoot. that I think he may have struggled with in, in the past. And he clearly – you could tell this team knows who's – Who's that dude? Because he's a fair do. guy. He's yeah. a fair guy and he's yeah. a guy by his word. So if he go to tell you he recruiting you, yeah. he's telling you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you come here. So of course he wanna, you know, he, mm. he wanna play you and be a man of his word. He's still doing that now, right. but I think he letting them know, no, nah, you gotta come in here and be a part of a team, man. Right. This is how we're gonna rock. Right. So he got these vets. Yeah. They've been a part of teams. They know they can they score understand. and hoop, but now yep. they understand the yep. the, the, uh, the mission. Yep. Uh something else I've been wanting to ask you about as opposed to anybody else who who comes on here. Uh, Kenny laughs me all the time because this is my take on this. Like, I kind of think that when it comes to Tiger football, I'm looking at, okay, regardless of what people are saying, I see people mad about, man, they this, they this, they this, and they ain't beat nobody. Like, bro, they 10 and 3, and they just beat a Big 12 team in a bowl game. So I'm, I'm going to give it to you, former Tiger, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you played for the team, like all these type of things. You know sports. You're way more deep into college football than I am. Ryan Silverfield. I'm like, bro, how, how bad can y'all say this dude is when they're 10 and 3? Like, I don't know. So I'm leaving, I'm giving it totally to you because I, I don't know. Well, that that that's what happens, man, when you when you fill a job and you come behind somebody yeah. who's taking the program. Because remember for Fuente, we was down in the dirt. Yeah. Fuente took it to a level. Mm -hmm. Norvell took it to a level. Cotton Bowl, we ain't never seen. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we get it. It's, it's almost, then we see him at Florida State man, taking them to Man, you see him at it. Florida yeah. State. So yeah. it's like, man, you know, you like – you're like, hold on, bro. We've been, we've been driving pretty good. We've been yeah. driving, you know, we've been driving a, a, a Mercedes S550. Yeah. Man, Novell put us in a Bugatti. <laughs> man, you gonna always be driving no Bugatti, man. Yeah. It's cool if you come back down to a Lambo. Right. Or Mercedes S550 uh -huh. or a, B, a BMW 750. Yeah. You still riding good, yeah. man. Yeah. But you done got that that Bugatti taste. <laughs> right. Like, hold on. But if you, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you're yeah. Alabama and you used to rolling them Bugattis, you don't, but yeah. us, we said, like, yeah. We 10 and 3, bro. We I, just, just, I just think our fans are kind of going crazy to come. Like, bro, y'all sound crazy to me, bro. But, you know, that's, I, I sit back and I listen and I, I, because I, I, I get it. You want it, mm -hmm. you tasted it. Kind right. of you, we, I mean, you know everything they got a line for them to put us in a bowl like that, bro. Yeah. Now, of yeah. course, yeah. I would want more, but I'm like, man, me being a tiger and to see them cats go out there and do what they did to Iowa State, man, I was, I was keeping my guy Isaac Bruce from running. Man, yeah. we, nah, we were so <laughs> excited, bro. We, we, you know, we was up at halftime doing the Liberty Bowl. Uh -huh. Me, Ike Bruce, D'Angelo, Anthony Miller, some yeah, more yeah, former players. Picture, yeah, it was a dope picture. Yeah, it. I saw that. We in the, we in the locker room at halftime, just chilling like it's the end of the game. <laughs> right. I'm, I, I almost got embarrassed because we were so loud. I was right. like, they still got a whole other half to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to come and politely ask us, can y'all just go out for a minute so we can, you know, uh -huh. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah man. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of uh, what they're doing, man. I'm proud of what Silverfield uh, has been able to do with this season and uh, with this team so far. Yeah, for sure, man. What, what was your proudest moment being the Tiger on the field? On the field? Mm -hmm. Man, my proudest moment probably, you know what? My very first college game, mm -hmm. Tennessee, Neyland Stadium, 1991. Mm -hmm. 100, you know, 96,000. You know, I haven't yeah. registered the whole year. I, when I got there, you know, you get on the scout team at first. But I was playing so well on the scout team, Stobart took me off the scout team, but he said he was redshirting me. And little did I know, he said he was redshirting me, but he was taking me on every road trip. Right. Cat was going to play me, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? If, it, if it, I was an emergency, which I didn't uh -huh. realize. So I, but, so I was basically, I was redshirted the whole year up until that game. It was the ninth game of the year. 
Uh, so I was kind of out of shape because I wasn't really practicing with the offense. Mm-hmm. I was just watching because I was supposed to be redshirted. Right. But he didn't have me on scout team, so I wasn't running. You know, I wasn't doing that either. I was just conditioning. So, you know, cats get hurt. My boy X and Larry Porter, they hurt. So, you know, ninth game of the season, he come to me, hey, hey, stop. <laughs> it's not Stobart you're right. talking. <laughs> Gonna start you this. You want to you play? I'm like, of course I want to play. But yeah. that's the ninth game of the season. I've been registered out. But I'm looking, oh, it's Tennessee. Yeah. It's Neyland Stadium. So, you know, and I'm talking to old dudes. They're like, man, don't you let that dude pull you out of your register for the which I'm glad I did though. Yeah. Because I rocked them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that was my proudest moment. When I get in there and take that first carry, I pull boom. And like my second carry, third carry went for like 50 yards. I was like, oh, this is what this all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm out of shape. I'm fat. Yeah. You see the I'm 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 chubby going down there. But I'm like, man, I ran through all these cats. So that was my proudest moment, man. We lost yeah, the man. game. But you know, to hit for a buck thirty-eight in front of your, you know, against Tennessee on the road, first college game, man. So uh, that was my proudest moment. Though. So what's what's been your biggest moment as a fan or as a media member, just in Memphis sports history, like in your life, as far as the sports moment? Either either as a fan or as uh, media. I can tell you that, uh, this is this has been my biggest fulfillment as a, and no lie, bro. To mm. to, to honestly to, to have cats like Elliot Perry, Andre Turner. When I've seen Keith Lee, mm-hmm. William Bedford, when to see them dudes acknowledge me, man, and talk to me like a friend, yeah, I'm tripping like I ain't supposed to, right? <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Because them the dudes uh-huh. I looked up yeah. to, and I don't look up to many people, but them dudes were legends. They still yeah. legends to me. That's why I went to play football at Memphis because I was a huge Memphis State basketball fan. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's my biggest thing. Like, man, Andre Turner, Ellie Perry, be wanting to chop it up with me, call me a friend, call yeah, me yeah. and text me. Then when I see Keith Lee, because you don't see him often, yeah, yeah. Dog, I, you know who I am, dog? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, of course. This, when I see Big Bill Beffert yeah. chopping it up, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking around like like some some fan the other day called you know me and Ellie Perry legends. I'm looking around like, <laughs> no, that's Ellie. That ain't me. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. really my biggest moment, man. Being able to chop it up with them dudes, consider yeah. me a friend, and it's like, cause them cats was they still superheroes to me. They were yeah. superheroes to me as Ellie a kid. Ellie Perry freezes me to this day. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, like, so it's like Michael bro. Jordan walking around for real. He, he, I, I was yeah. watching them playing the Coliseum. Going off somebody else's tickets. Mm-hmm. My boy Dwight Stewart, he knew he was going to Washington. Yeah. Arkansas, he was like, Doc, you can go down there and have my tickets. Just tell you, me. So I just signed a sheet, Dwight Stewart. They, right. didn't, they didn't have the internet, so they didn't know how he looked. <laughs> right. So I'm watching EP get Gary Payton to work in the Mid-South right. College Center. You know oh, what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Doc, I appreciate you coming out, man. No problem. Great Thanks for having me, you, man. man. Glad you could come on for sure. Doc Holiday, don't, don't, don't get it twisted, Doc. You are a legend in the city of Memphis, man. You represent the city so well. Like, we could just sit back and just let Doc do his thing and go off on, on everybody. We just get excited about it, man. Because you, you definitely are a legend here in the city of Memphis, bro. Don't bro they come at us, we come at them. Bro. Oh, yeah, for I sure, mean, we can, we can argue and fight amongst one another, but, bro, yeah. you come at Memphis, dog. It's going down. We're having the business our own, but it's together we got to be unified. Yeah, dog. for sure, yeah. man. For sure. But, Doc, I appreciate you again. But, man, Doc Holiday, when we take a break, about to take a break, when we come back, it's going to be the three pointer here on Anthony Science Show. If Naquan Tomlin, if David Jones, and if Javon Quinterly are on their A games, I don't know. I really don't know if there's a team that can, very few teams at best, can beat 
Memphis if they are playing 100%. Cuz I just named three players. That's not mentioning Malcolm Dandridge, that's not mentioning Jaquan Walton, that's not mentioning Caleb Mills. That's only mentioning three players on a team that is extremely talented. Top Nick to Jordan, Nick Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that, that's just their three best players and if they're playing at their A game how good can this team be? They're up to number 15 now and in the top 25. They so, they rolled three top 25 teams in a row. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. <laughs> Look, I get both sides. You win every game by one, you're a national champion. 100%. In order to make that path to a national championship, a little bit more in your favor it helps metrically huh. to beat the dog piss out of the teams you're supposed to beat the dog piss out what of. Is it? does it because, because all we're doing is what? falling down the net this dude's big <laughs> ass <laughs> truck certified can <laughs> <laughs> he told trey if he used the word net he was gonna throw something at him and he, did. he threw the softest microphone cover in he the did. world at me. i didn't know what it, it looked like a brick i thought i was about to be home alone too <laughs> new york city suck brick kid <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I will say the last two games have been disappointing to say the least. You think Penny gives one zero? That's my no. problem. Yeah. About you the, have to. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You don't have to. You don't have you to. You don't have to. You do. That is it, for the nerds out there. It's in not. The, that, they that, use that shit for seeding. It is January second. It is too damn early to be worrying about those metrics to me. Yes, it's not. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with T.J. Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. Awesome interview with my man, Doc Holiday, man. Just being open, just being as transparent as he can be. Uh, like I said, he's very unapologetic about his faith, man, about the city of Memphis, and being a proud black man, man. And 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 that's so many things I emulate are from uh, Doc Holiday, man, like for sure. Uh, great interview with Doc, for sure. Thank you, Doc, again for coming on. Uh, the show today, man. You know what I like about Doc? Legends, go ahead. You know what I like about Doc? Was it everything? No, you don't ever have to worry about where you about where knowing you where you stand with him. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that is a quality that a lot mm -hmm. of folks don't have is you don't ever have to worry about no, about mm -hmm. trying to figure out where doc how yep. what doc thinks about you. Yep. Nope. I yep, enjoy that. Sure. And I definitely appreciate that, man. But 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 to move on to the next thing. Let's go. The three-pointer is here. Uh when we talk about three things that are going on in the world of sports, a lot of things going on. Uh, Pat McAfee mm. had Aaron Rodgers on his show, man. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, who says some of the wildest shit in the world, man. You know, people entitled to their opinions about this and that. He's had controversial stances and actions when it comes down to COVID and the vaccine, things like that. Uh, you remember those things. And he came out speaking about the, the Epstein tapes, to this, I mean, the, the files that are supposed to be coming out. What a weird conversation. Yeah, man. He just started going off and he's like, He's like naming names. He's like uh, 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 Jimmy Kimmel of all people. Who he who he yells out? Uh, it's Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah, it was Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. He yells a out. late night a late night talk show host. Yeah, yeah. He says, you know, you know, look out for him on the list or whatever. <laughs> and here's here's the thing, man. Like, you know, we joke about a lot of stuff, 
And, you know, I did the, the Hansel Emanuel stuff, you know, the other day. I watched again and laughed all over again. <laughs> and, you know, we had Doc who comes on. He's opinionated about things. And we're going to talk about the Cat Williams stuff later on in the show. And it's like, man, I think that hosts have a certain responsibility in, like, monitoring that type of stuff. And Absolutely. It, and it's like, it's not, it's not like we're talking about, but that was live TV, though, right? It is live, but it's like, man, still. Come on, bro. And then, like, Pat McAfee comes on the next day and he's like, well, you know, we come here, we talk shit, and I thought that's what it was. Like, no, man, that man was accusing that man of, of messing with kids, man. Like, like you can't you can't just allow somebody just to come on your show and just put somebody out there like that and then, like, come back all just, you know, it was unfortunate. And no, man, like, no, you've got to be more apologetic than that about something. Because, like, like Jimmy Kimmel said, Man, I've got a family, bro. Right. And like I've got people who you you made you made a national story about something that had nothing to do with me. Right. And I ain't gonna lie, man. I was I would sue all parties involved. Everybody would in, get in, it. Including my employer, ESPN. Yep. Like for real, man. Like those are major accusations you're putting on that dude. And it, I, it didn't come off as joking. It came off like you seriously were saying it. And uh, like I said, man, uh, I won't get too deep into that because it, it will fire me up thinking about how that would have been handled if someone else was saying that shit. Right. But um you know, yeah. That's I'll say this, man. Yeah, go ahead. I think one of the things that has really annoyed me about where we are in our society mm -hmm. is that social media and and all those kinds of things gives platforms to people um, mm -hmm. that are really good at one thing, and, and then not good, at and other. then yep. gives them the opportunity to talk about things they don't they don't know yep. shit about. Yeah, and yeah. I see it in comedy a lot, and I know we're going to talk about cat mm -hmm. in a second, but. Even with comedy, there's these comedians that are out there that are really good at making jokes, yep. but then they're asked to like dissect human culture, like the culture and society <laughs> and yeah. psychology of people. And I'm yeah, like, some of the stuff they say you're a wild. comedian, bro. Yeah, like mm -hmm. right. Aaron Rodgers, you're a quarterback, bro. <laughs> like, why are you talking about the Epstein? Why are you tape? talking about uh, the Epstein stuff? <laughs> As if you're an expert right. in any of that shit. And speaking of comedians, like Dave Chappelle said, like uh, they start interviewing. Uh, uh, ja Rule asking him what he thought about certain events. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how many people are like, where is, where is Ja, where is Ja Rule's opinion when we need <laughs> Why do we need your opinion? Why do we need Aaron Rodgers' opinion yeah, on anything? Yeah, why are you speaking on Jimmy Kimmel and saying he's, you know, on the Epstein list, man? So it's just, just stupid stuff um, all, all together, uh, all things considered. Uh, number two, Draymond Green uh, has been updates about him saying that he's, you know, his he's progressing well, you know, back, I think he's back with the team now, right? No, no. So he hasn't he hasn't been with the team in the facility. He's According revving up to last night. Uh, this is recorded on Thursday, Wednesday night. It was reported that Steve Kerr said he hasn't been in the facility with us mm -hmm. since he got suspended. Now what are they what are they saying today then? Have they said anything today? I they just said, got yeah. a notification that he was ramping up. Oh, is he ramping up? Okay, yeah. So we'll see Draymond Green back soon. The uh, <laughs> how many games uh, do you think it'll be before he does something that's dumb? Cause it's coming. He's not a change man. <laughs> they didn't. They just said. They said y'all wasn't a change man. So what's what's making me think that Draymond Green is right. delivered from Hindus in the balls? Like what? What makes me think? choking dudes out on the court? Right. Exactly. It's, it'll be back on the same bullshit. I'm sure for sure, man. Give so. give him ten games. Give him give him ten games in the middle of a right of a uh, ramp up. Yeah. So this, something's gonna happen. This is gonna look like a probably a twelve to fifteen game suspension. He'll be back probably in the next week or so. So yeah, I don't. I don't have much of an opinion on this. Like we talked about this in the beginning, that maybe we do need to look at mental health issues. Absolutely. Um, which I think is true. Um, but I don't know. I don't I don't really know if anything is gonna be changed with Draymond. I think there's something that 
that does need to be addressed is, you know, the overall mental health of yes. athletes. Because it's clearly something ain't right with that, brother. He need to reach out to Grayson Allen. Because Grayson yeah. Allen had the same, like, similar problems. Yeah. And he still, he still has some every now and then, but it's it's few and far between. I still, I still can't stand Grayson yeah. Allen's funky ass. <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, Parker Fleming, who was the Ahmad Rashad to uh, the Grayson Allen and Michael Jordan <laughs> while he was here. <laughs> that, uh, is, that is the only <laughs> – he is the only former Grizzly that I'm like, I could not stomach him being on the Grizzlies, man. For real? Couldn't handle it. Mm. Hey, I can't stand that dude. Yeah, he uh, – Something about his face rubs me the wrong way, yeah, bro. Yeah, he does have that punchable politician I want to knock face. him out. Mm. Yeah, Looks I, like I get it. Damn Ted Cruz from yeah, Texas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but number three, some good news. Did not get a chance to talk about this the other day. This is old news to you guys, but it's, it's not it's not new to me, but I haven't talked about it. Um, the level of excitement, man, and pride I, I saw when Penny Hardaway's name came across across my phone as being a uh, candidate for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, unlike, um, well, yeah, unlike the Football Hall of Fame, and also the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, the 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 Basketball Hall of Fame is not just for the professional league. Right, it's, it's for, for college College, as well. uh, international play, all those things involved. And Penny Hardaway um, has been nominated as a, as a candidate for that. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He's a candidate for it. In the, in the player's wing. Right. College player's wing. I love it. Not college player. Just players, period. Just players, Basketball period. Players. Oh, I thought yeah. it was co- – I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, just players. Okay, yeah, so bad. so Penny Hardaway uh, is a candidate for that. Um, I think he should get in. There are a lot of factors that uh, – people got to understand, the older we get, the more time goes on. There's going to be, you know, less guys to pick from. And I think, yeah, Penny Hardaway doesn't have a Michael Jordan-type career of all these long accolades or even a long career period. But – a uh, long successful career period, but in the time where there was his Ooh. peak, it was his prime. You're talking about one of the most big star-studded names, you know, in the NBA. The little penny thing, the stuff with his shoes, all these type of things. I Tyra think, Banks, yeah, yeah, the whole Tyra Banks thing. Uh, he wasn't dating her though, was he? No, no, uh, no. I heard, I heard like Chris Webber or somebody was dating her one time. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, um, just think it'd be awesome, man. Awesome for the city. Um, I wondered who. And introduce him. Somebody from uh, a former, another Hall of Famer would have to introduce him if if if, if he gets in. Um, the three names I'm looking at are uh, Shaq, who is his former teammate, right? Who I think those guys have kind of made amends. Yeah, those guys, I've heard some weird, wild stories about those dudes. Um, two that aren't really out there <laughs> uh, about when those two guys played together. I've uh, I've got Shaq as a guy. I've got Tracy McGrady. Who I know is a guy that really looked up to Penny, one of those guys that he emulated his game after. And someone said Magic Johnson, and that's the name that I really thought about. Because, you know, Magic would, would constantly say, that kid Penny Hardaway is, is the next me. That's yeah. the next me. It's he, interesting. He would come to Penny's games and all those type of things. So I think Magic would be a great inductee for Penny if he gets in. But all that aside, man, I would be super excited to see one of Memphis's own, um, you know, the, the king of Memphis basketball, the true legend in this city. To be inducted into the the basketball Hall of Fame would be uh, absolutely incredible. You know, he talked about it in a post game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he say? He I said, saw uh, it, but I can't remember what he said. Yeah, he said he said he felt he, he's like he's honored by it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But and and it's interesting to hear him kind of like open up the 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 curtains for us to kind of see in, into his brain about how he feels about his career as a mm-hmm. player. He says, "I never got the chance to retire properly. Mm-hmm. Never got the chance to really." leave the game the way that I wanted to. Yeah. And and so for him, 
and anybody that's an, uh, an ultra competitive person like he is, they always want to be respected and 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 acknowledged for yeah. the things that they've done. And his response was, "I never got a chance to do that when I was retiring, but but this feels like this might be one of those opportunities for yeah. me to be, kind of be, yeah. you know, yeah. Hey, this is what Penny meant to yeah. the game of basketball. He, he deserves it, man. Hundred percent. I've always had conversations saying that if Penny gets in, it'll take you know possibly a long coaching career for him to get in, and to see him already be be nominated as a candidate." Aside from anything he will has or will do as a as a basketball coach, I think that's that's awesome. I would love to see him get in here on, on this first ballot. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting you mentioned, you mentioned Tracy McGrady because mm-hmm. think about how his career ended. Same thing. Yeah, injury yeah. real mm-hmm. very similar to Penny's. I think his prime was a little yeah. longer than Penny's though. But yeah, very similar. Yeah, for sure. Tell you what, man, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about this Cat Williams stuff, man, for Inside the Same Brain here on the Anthony Same Show. Is this the best University of yes. Memphis basketball team in 15 years? Oh. You thought I was going Penny, I, uh, Penny Hardaway I would say yes. I would say yes, too. And definitely in the Penny Hardaway. I thought you were mm. going Penny Hardaway. I don't right know, up. man. I, I don't that, know. I mean, this is, that Will Barton Four Kings team? That's kind of tough, though, Ooh. because I, I don't know. Because I, I wonder about the upside of this particular team when we get to a tournament situation. Yeah. It's I think a, that's a wait and see. That's an incomplete. I think so. I, I agree. That's yeah, an yeah. incomplete. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, but I'm, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning yes based on the way they have managed this yeah. out of conference schedule because this is nuts. The fact that we're debating that that's what I was that say. sort of shows right. what, where this team what is the at. ceiling of yeah. this team could potentially yeah. be and it's exciting as hell. Don't yeah. like don't hide your excitement. If you're a Memphis fan out there, don't hide your excitement. The fact that you can even have an argument or debate on if this is the best team in the last 15 years shows you all you need to know about what this team is. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Uh, what a huge week from the, can we call them the Three Kings? Can we replace uh, the old Three Kings with the new Three Kings? Well, they were Four Kings, though. Yeah, but these three are better than the four. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. The three being David Jones, Javon Quinterly, and Caleb, Caleb Mills. Mills. Through these last two games on the road, both in Rockus Arenas, they've combined. Do you know how many points they've combined for? I don't remember the number you actually talked about. I know. I told before. you. Very seen how I don't remember the number. I do remember it being staggering. Timothy's uh, memory was 126 combined points in the last two matchups. That's yeah, 63 a ball game between the three of those fellas. Uh, David Jones leading the way. He was American Conference Player of the Week, averaging 26, seven and a half rebounds, and three steals in two road games. Hmm. Dropped 23 on VCU with eight boards, and then dropped 29 yesterday in College Station. Keep that up. We're going to be tough well, to beat. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about? Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Y'all, welcome back to Anthony the Same Show, Inside the Same Brain. We'll be talking about stuff that's just on a, on a naysayer of mine right now, uh, Kenny Stubblefield. 
Uh, once again, shout out to my man, Doc Holiday for coming on today. Tremendous guest, one of my media, man, mentors, heroes, friends in, in, in this industry, man, my man, Doc Holiday. Uh, but inside the same brain, we're talking about something that's going on, typically outside of the world of sports. Uh, today we're going to talk about this Cat Williams situation, which has dominated everything. Man. I watched a 30-minute clip uh, of it. I've tried to watch the entire two-hour, 45-minute uh, interview. I've not been able to get through that uninterrupted. Um, and I'll just say this, man. Um, when people are questioning whether Cat Williams is lying about this or that, uh, well, first of all, let me just set it up. Cat Williams, of course, one of the greatest you know, comedians, most recognizable comedians ever. He's had some some wild stories that have happened to him, you know, over the last, you know, eight to ten years or whatever. But he's still one of those guys that's a highly respected comedian. Kind of a maverick. Kind of does things on his own. Doesn't really associate with many of the of the cliques or the groupings of, uh, of comedians, which is something he talked about. And, then, yeah. and he also kind of said, you know, I know because of that, it's kind of to my detriment. I don't yeah. think I, I, I'm not the guy. I'm not looked at. It's, it's, he's talking about perception. Like, you right. know, I do numbers, I do these shows, people come out, but I'm, I'm not listed in these conversations with other people because I'm not part of these guys' cliques or whatever. Um, that ain't the only reason, though. Yeah, yeah. And he came on Club Shay Shay yesterday. Um, I, I have a, I feel bad being a grown ass man saying Club Shay Shay. Yeah, I know, dude. I've that never, name, I've that never name has been vibed with that name. That name but, has to uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Shannon Sharp had him on his show. Cat Williams started going off about literally everybody. Everybody. That's a comedian you could think of. Within man. the first two minutes. Yeah, he's going off of everybody. Uh, and I'll say this. It's, it's, it's okay to feel a weight. It's, it's okay to feel like you've been – like me and Doc talked about that. Like people don't understand your value or people have treated you like you're a nobody and you know that you're that dude. Like I, I know that feeling and I understand, you know, some of it. Um, I didn't mind him going off – some of the stuff he was going off about – People are saying, like, well, was he telling the truth? Was it was all, How much of this is true? And I'll just say this. It's hard to talk for two two hours and 45 minutes and everything is the truth. Like, there's probably <laughs> a lot of bullshit in there, man. Now, and, and here's one particular thing, because Ricky Smiley, who was who we started off, the whole thing started off from talking about Ricky Smiley. I think they just kind of poured into him going off of other dudes. But Ricky Smiley came out and said that in the uh, Friday at the Next movie that he was originally supposed to be uh, the pimp. And that Cat Williams was supposed to be the Santa Claus and that uh, they switched those parts uh, or whatever. And Cat Williams was like, no, that never was the case. But if you listen to both of those guys' stories, there's, there's both of those guys are telling the truth. Like there's an element of truth in both of those stories. And basically what happened was when you put the two, two stories together is that Ice Cube asked Ricky Smiley to come out and audition for this particular part. But once Cat Williams auditioned for it, they realized that Cat probably is better at that part. Right. So they gave Cat the part and they asked Ricky to go play this other part, which is the Santa. And it worked out perfectly. I think that Cat probably was frustrated because um, Ricky Smiley kept talking about it on set. Like he kept talking about how it was supposed to be for him. And I can understand why that pissed that man off. You know what I mean? To see him constantly, you know, bringing it back up, you know, on the set or whatever. Uh, and of course, that went on to be a very iconic part. That uh, that uh, 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 Cat Williams is known for. Absolutely, he's known for that part. Well, he was known. He was known prior when he when he got to start at Wild Wild and Out with Nick Cannon. His whole thing was pimping, pimping, pimping. He, like he was the pimp. Mm, that was way after that, bro. Next, like, no Friday after next came uh, after. I thought it came after. No, nah, that was way after. Wild I and think Wild and Out came after. Way after. Oh, did it? Mm, man, I my timing so. is all off then. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, man, you in some bizarre old time. Like. Like 
Because when Friday After Next come out? 2000. It was like 2005 or something like that. Oh, man. My bad. I thought. Yeah, that was about, yo. Yeah. I thought that was I thought I thought that's how he got his mic. <laughs> listen, listen. I'll say this: there ain't nobody coming on our YouTube comments commenting about my memory the way they talk about Parrish's. Parrish has a memory. Every single episode we talk about something, and Parrish is like, "Yeah, in two thousand and one, they brought up in November of this." I'm like, "What the hell?" Maybe remembering shit. I mean, remembering stuff. That's oh, not me. Man. Oh my god. No. Okay. That's sorry that's for way... sorry for hijacking. Because I might be wrong. Because I I my first time seeing Cat Williams was in Friday the Night. And like yeah, me too. I kind of thought, and then he kind of made that he implemented that pimp persona into his act, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, fri so Friday after this came out 2002. Yeah, uh, Wild yeah. and Out started in 2005. Yeah, man, the very first episode. Of, My he apologies. Was, yeah, man, you tripping? What is it like? My bad. I'll shut up. Yeah, man, Mike's yeah, going man. on mute. Yeah, sit this without, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but like I said, man, Cat Williams is getting this shit off, man. My, my only problem is with it is that, um, you know, and I, I hear some people say, like, you know, it's a black man talking bad about other brothers. and But, hey, man, a brother's betrayed you, man. Hey, calling it, you know, mm -hmm. like you see it. I get that. I get that element of it, but I also think that some of these conversations were things that he could have just, you know, had with these guys, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And I think that he's too accomplished in his own to be worried about that stuff. and But I will say this. A lot of stuff makes sense because realizing that he's probably a genius after watching that interview was not on my original bingo card. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't know these things about him. And he talked about how many – he said he read 3,000 books a year from 8 to 12 years old. That sounds like bullshit. But <laughs> I do think that he is an avid reader. I think that he consumes knowledge. I think that he's one of those guys who – uh, I have an older brother who's the same way. He read a set of encyclopedias as a kid, and I think he has. My brother has a similar thought pattern, thought pattern, as you know, a Cat Williams type guy. And I think that when you're dealing with a guy whose brain works the way his brain works, and I will, will say that he's probably a genius, and not just in his craft. I think he's probably a genius. Like, and I know it's probably crazy to say when you're talking about Cat Williams, a comedian, but I think he's a very intelligent dude who thinks with a different type of brain. And I think that those type of people have trouble adapting to society and fitting into groups and dealing with people, social problems with people. Um, and I think that that's part of what we're seeing uh, with Cat Williams. And I think the stuff he's saying is true for the most part. I think that, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there was, he ever had a contract that said any move he does with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with Ricky Smiley, Ricky Smiley has to play a woman. I don't think that was in his contract at all. Uh, <laughs> I think that's all bullshit. But I think most of the stuff he's saying is true. I think it's the stuff about the basically a lot of the boys clubs and, and, and a lot of the cliques and things in Hollywood. I think that's true a true story. And I think that a lot of the guys like Steve Harvey are some big-ass haters. I think that Steve Harvey is a thief and a hater for sure. And as Ricky Smiley stole a joke from me, you know, <laughs> off of my Facebook page. So I, I know all that stuff is real. Um, I did the... What? Yes, the, the Thanksgiving... Um, Black and white people Thanksgiving thing? What? Ricky Smiley read that joke on his show as if it was his. Like, he didn't say, hey, I saw oh, this on right. Facebook. He got on there and he just did that joke. And, like, damn. Yeah. I, that happened, like, the days after I did it in 2015, 16, whatever year it was. Like, and I I tagged him. was like, bro, you know, that was mine. And he was like, oh, man, I ain't know who's it was. Uh, big dog, LOL. <laughs> yeah, you stole me. You just got in. You did, <laughs> read my shit like it was yours, bro. Shit. You know what I mean? So... I get all that. You know what I mean? I understand that that's, you know, I understand that's a real thing. Um, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably sit down and watch the whole thing. 
and not just for the entertainment factor. I just, I there are certain people I just like to see how their brain works, man. Yeah. Like and Kanye West, yeah, he's a wreck. He's a wrecking ball, and he's a train wreck. But it's like sometimes I just like to hear him say a bunch of dumb shit just to see how his brain works. You know, I just that's just how I am. So I do plan on watching the entire interview to continue to see uh, Cat Williams go off. I do want to see more of that. Um, yeah, some good toxic stuff to watch tonight for sure. But uh, yeah, man, wild right, stuff. What we're taking from this is Anthony's a big Club Shay Shay fan. Not really, because I think this. I think. <laughs> oh, this is another thing too that I totally agree with. And I'm not trying to act like I'm better than Shannon Sharp, but I do take the side of people who say that Shannon Sharp is not the best interview. Like, if you kind of look, like he's he's kind of he gets awesome guests, man. I, I'll say that he gets the best of the best. But he's not really the best at like asking questions. Like he's Shannon Sharp, so I respect him to get the best. Yeah, <laughs> and he yeah, kind of you know, and the whole thing he did about the girl that was the uh, the Britney Griner. Gr- that not Britney Griner. Renner. Renner. Yeah, totally different ladies. But yeah, that shit was trash. And the stuff he said about um, Meg. Megan the Stallion was trash. I'm like man, yeah, what man. Are you doing, man? But yeah, uh, but there is a reason why he has you know, he's he's doing his show on. Uh, Corinthian leather couches, and we're here, you know, in the Bluff City Media Studio. So I'm not hating, but I will say that he he's it like he's not the best when it comes down to uh, getting his questions off for sure. But I tell you what, man, uh, uh, we about to slide about this joint. I'm I'm feeling depressed about the Grizzlies, but coming into the studio today has made me feel a little better, man. Uh, the Grizzlies after tough games coming up. Tiger basketball. What the Tigers got going on this weekend? Who are they playing? Playing against uh, Tulsa. Tulsa on the road tonight. So this is tonight, Thursday. Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night. Then they come back and play Sunday against, um, I think, UTSA. Mm. Maybe UTSA? Nope. SMU. SMU. All right. Oh. SMU might be the third best team in the in, in the uh, conference. Yeah, we'll see. So be, be a fun couple of games. We'll see for sure. Well, yeah, maybe about to slide up out of here, man. For Kenny Stubblefield behind the glass for my man, Paris Sharkey behind the glass. This is Anthony Sane for the Anthony Sane Show. We better get up out of here, y'all, and we out. Thank you for listening to the Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.